Hello friends, we're back on this feed to discuss, debate, and maybe argue about the 2024 Oscars. As was the case last year, the nominees were announced and it turns out we've got a lot of work to do. 2023 was a stellar year for movies. Many important figures of Hollywood made interesting films and there was a very worthy list of nominees. Imagine a year where Michael Mann, Ridley Scott, and David Fincher all made long gestating passion projects and not a single one received a nomination. For those new to the feed, welcome and thank you for joining. My name's Matt, I'm a teacher, I'm a film lover and I take this all very seriously. And with me will be my wife, Christina, who's also a teacher and much more interested in reading and human interaction and has a much more lighthearted approach to this. Together, we're going to examine each of the 10 nominated films and offer our explanations for why each film could win an Oscar on the big night. We won't always agree, we will veer off track, and we may spar verbally on our takes, hence our honey title. We're so happy you're listening, and we hope you enjoy the return of Ballot Boxing. Good evening, darling. This one was depressing as hell. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. So we we tracked down and found a screening of Zone of Interest, which which was not easy to do. You know, and in a positive, it means that's the last one of the nominated movies that we have to that we have to go to a theater to see. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So we have this is our sixth film. We've got four to go. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Uh, I've only got two left to see. Wow. Because um, I've seen um, Oppenheimer and I've seen mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon. I want to watch Oppenheimer next. Okay. I feel like I'm really missing out on something that like the rest of society got to see. Mm-hmm. I like I had to go to Italy. Yeah, you poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I think that should be our next one. Yeah. But. This is the tiny little film that yeah, I, Could? I feel like, well, no, I don't. I wasn't going to say that, although that that's funny. <laughs> no, I was going to say that um, this film is a lot like Women Talking mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. in tone mm-hmm. um, and in, in the way it's shot, where um, it's small, hard to find, low budget, long gestating, mm-hmm. um, directed by an auteur mm-hmm. who has an eye for cinema. Oh, Colin Sarah Polly, an auteur. I, I like it. Uh, and grim mm-hmm. it's miserably sad mm-hmm. i think women talking may have had some Levity? release valve somewhere mm-hmm. where something happens that's like at least the, the temperature the temperature changes this movie zone of interest um was like just as bleak as hell right from the start mm-hmm. and it never it never stopped being that mm-hmm. and it's going to be out of order, out of the order that we ordinarily do this, but I'd like to begin with a question today, if oh, I could. Oh boy! Okay. Do you see this film as being a horror movie? Oh. Is there any other? I'll give you a moment. I'll vamp here. Is there any other way to categorize it? Is there any other genre that you think is historical suspense? I would not call it a horror suspense? movie, even though here's why. Here's why it's not a horror movie, even though like it is, it is. It's a horrific thing that happened, but it is not a horror movie because a horror movie would have to expose us visually to what's going on in the concentration camp, and it never does. 
You think so? Yes, I do. In order to qualify, the auditory the auditory background is not enough <clears throat> for me to qualify it as a horror movie. Do you disagree? I do. Oh, uh, I see this as let the boxing begin. Yeah, well, I think I think it's 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 an historical horror film, mm. but it's a horror film about reality. Mm. I think that this is there's no other way to categorize what's happening other than it's horrible, and I think that it's it, it's gonna. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be haunted by what they see. Mm-hmm. I think it's full of upsetting imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's full of um, frank cruelty. I disagree with something it's you oppressive. put in your, in your letterbox review okay. of this movie. <clears throat> you said, you thought, and maybe this is a reflection on me and I shouldn't say it in the recording, but we can always edit it out later. Uh, you said, you thought that the woman that plays his wife. Sandra Huller. Would, would have had a really hard time playing someone with, like, no conscience. That and, monstrous. Yes. I do not think those roles are hard to play. No? No. Because I think the evil is right below the surface in most of us. Ooh. I do. Yeah. So I just don't think, like, I don't think Hannibal Lecter was hard for um, Anthony Hopkins to play. I think those are fun to play. But Hannibal because... Lecter didn't need to be a real person. Like she needed to come across as being and she passable does. as a as a real human being, which she some somehow manages to do while yes. simultaneously being monstrous. Well, and that and therein lies what I am saying. But I think that... that's that's more challenging than, like, if you forgive the use of the phrase, like uh, Anthony Hopkins is sort of chewing the scenery a little bit mm-hmm. as Hannibal Lecter. Yes, she doesn't chew the scenery here. She well, has maybe a Hannibal Lecter. Maybe Hannibal Lecter's a bad a bad comparison because he's not a real person. I just like someone who's playing Charles Manson or someone who's playing the Oklahoma City bomber. Right, mm-hmm. that's a good example because he's so one note. Yeah. Right. I just I don't think that they're hard to play. I think that you have to access part of yourself that you don't normally access in civilized society. Yeah. Yeah. And and she didn't even really have to access it because all she had to do was ignore things. Yeah. Yeah. She just had to not care, mm-hmm. which is prime like the primary thing she does, which is so horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like maybe we're digressing a little bit. So we're. Mm. Do we summarize the plot? Would you would you feel comfortable summarizing it? Do you want me to give it a shot? What do you want to do here? I can do it, and you can right. jump in. That's all what right. we usually do. Okay. So. Um, we start off with a so friend of the pod lamers told me it was five minutes. This shows me his ADHD level. <laughs> five minutes of black screen and birds chirping to the point where he thought maybe that was the movie. It was like ninety seconds or two minutes, don't mm-hmm. you think? Yep. So I did not find that. I didn't have a watch out. But no, 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 no. But it wasn't five minutes. Say right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I went into that expecting you to lean over and go, "Is this the whole movie?" And but that was clearly not. Um, so it starts with black screen, birds chirping, but like weird, weird background sounds. Not even music, just sounds. Sounds. There is no there is no music. No. Other than diegetic stuff that we hear people playing a piano or something yes. like that. Yeah. Um, and we meet our main character, whose name is Rudolf Hess. H- Hoss. Hoss. And his family, his five children. I think so. And they range in age from about 12 or 13 down to a baby. And his wife... Hedwig, Hedwig, and they live in like a nice house with a beautiful yard, property, a small pool uh, overlooking some trees. And the only problem with this place is that the Auschwitz camp is behind it. And there's a huge wall 
separating them from what's going on behind the wall of their garden Mm -hmm. is literally the wall the exterior wall of the auschwitz Mm -hmm. camp and we just follow them into like in like day-to-day tasks like just living their lives and mundane ordinary existence yeah uh, he gets up in the morning he commutes mm -hmm. he comes home in the evening It's, it's his birthday and the other officers like celebrate his birthday and the family celebrates his birthday and gets him a boat they make a cake they make a cake yeah they do all these regular regular things and in the background of all of these scenes is chimneys pouring out smoke to the point where they block out the sun uh Gunshots. Gunshots, people screaming. Trains. People arguing. Yeah, trains coming coming and going. Um, And so if you're paying attention to that, it's horrifying. And if you're just watching the people on the screen, honestly, without that in the background, it would be like the most boring movie ever made. Yeah, and like in terms of like just it's all low angle shots. So Mm -hmm. you never see over the wall. The wall's there. Yes. It's like the the top of the wall is in the top third of the screen. And then there's some of the the buildings mm-hmm. inside the camp are, are the tops are visible I and was, the chimneys visible in the distance. I was sure we were going to see uh, like victims at some yeah. point. I was sure because, because there's a second floor to some of the buildings in the camp. And I thought, where are the people on that floor that can look down into this beautiful backyard? I just thought for sure that was going to be like a big reveal at some point. And then it it totally wasn't. No. And I, that was on point. Um, so to continue with the plot, uh, Rudolph finds out at one point that he's getting transferred. He's too good at his job. He's really. too good at his job. And he's going to be promoted and transferred. And his and wife... He, and sorry, I'll just interrupt. He sees his job as being purely logistical. Like yes. it's management of a problem. Yes. It largely involves transportation and cargo. And 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 how to best uh, annihilate people. Yeah. There, there's so it's a about lot of, efficiency. Yeah. So at one point he's having a conversation around a table with engineers who've come in and suggested a way to improve their efficiency in disposing of bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's all just matter of factly discussed. Mathematics, yeah. yeah. And and cost savings. So um, with his mother-in-law visiting, uh, Hedwig, his wife, has like a temper tantrum about him getting transferred and says, well, I'm not going with you. Like you ask for a favor, me and the children will stay here. I've got it all, a perfect setup here for, for me and the children. And, uh, and you're going to go and do this promotion. And when you can come back, you can come back. Um, and he, that's what they decide to do. I mentioned the mother-in-law because in the meantime, the mother-in-law is awoke, thinks it's so wonderful. Oh my goodness. Look at all of these beautiful, this property and you've got a pool and this is and servants and gardeners and you've done really well for yourself. And then one night she's asleep and she's woken up by like a red glow in the sky and she gets up and sees the chimneys and realizes, oh my God, like she puts it together what's happening um, all of her, uh, being able to delude herself goes away and she, she leaves and she writes a note, which gets incinerated that we never see the contents of, but she leaves. And that's something else that Hedwig just sort of brushes yeah. off. Okay. Um, let's take a quick break. Oh, okay. And then, well, we uh, we'll continue. I didn't there's... think that the plot summary would go on so long, but there's actually a lot have there. you met me? <laughs> I go on about everything. I'll be right back. mother-in-law i think that's important so the so hedwig's mother takes vanishes and um so now it's just hedwig and and her servants and the children and the children Mm -hmm. bouncing around in the house while rudolph has gone off to uh i can't remember some some mid-level city Mm -hmm. 
where he is headquartered because he is in, in charge of managing the camps. And now he's going to be in charge of a new project, which is they're um, transporting 700,000 Hungarian Jews to the camps. And uh, he's in charge of figuring out how that's all going to come together and how he's going to exterminate all of these people. Well, but he also has to manage the, um, the labor supply because mm-hmm. there's some camps who need the labor. So he's right. I'm shaking my head at all yeah. of this. It's it's so it's so unrelentingly so grim. grim. And so and then at the end, he has like a little moment where and the, the takes online on it are two different takes. So I'll just describe the scene and then the two different takes. So he's walking down a flight of stairs that is like circular stairs. that They go around for a bit. And every time he gets to a landing, he retches, but he's not actually vomiting. He's just like having a moment where he needs to stop and retch. And then he goes down the next flight of stairs, same thing. It happens three times. And the two takes are, is he trying to be horrified by what he's about to do or what he's heading up or what he's become involved in? Or is he actually having a visceral reaction to it and like keeping it down? Like he, if he let himself throw up, he would throw up, but he's actually like trying to control his body from having this visceral reaction. So I, for me, it was... I don't, f- I'm, not, I'm not satisfied with either of those answers. What do you think it is? I, I don't know, but it, I don't like any notion that he has a conscience and that he's like wrestling with his conscience. But this would be a he, subconscious he he, conscience. He thinks he's supposed to feel something, so he's trying to feel it or yeah, he's, I don't like he's trying former. to repress. No, I like the latter. I like like somewhere in his subconscious... He, re- he knows he's doing wrong, but he's ignoring it. He's ignored it all this time. His body's having this visceral reaction, and he's going to just get over it and get on with the task. That's what I think. I think that's, that's the less forgiving way to look at I that I refuse scene. to feel any pathos for this character. I'm not feeling pathos for him. I'm telling you that, like, the... You're just expl- what the explanations are that are out there. Yes. For what he's going through. Yes. And then we have a strange scene maybe not strange i don't know we have a scene where it cuts to auschwitz today and there's um the staff is showing up and like cleaning it like mm-hmm. sweeping the floors preparing and, the museum for yeah, visitors preparing the mu- museum for visitors and then we flash back to uh our main character at the end what's he doing he's looking at the camera right like he he's looking right down the lens yes looking in the dark because he's heard something mm-hmm. and then he proceeds to vanish down the dark staircase right and that's the film. Okay. And it goes to black. It cuts yeah. to black. There's three interesting cut to a color scenes. Yeah. It cuts to black, it cuts to white, and it cuts to red. Not in that order. It cuts to white, it cuts to red, it cuts to black. That's the yeah. order. So, uh, I And each one that. of those cuts is, there's like a, a, a sound, intensification of the sound, the diegetic yes. sounds of the camp that mm-hmm. have always been sort of humming along in the background distantly. Yes. But ominously and menacingly. And for those moments, um, there's, you start to, uh, you start to hear things Mm -hmm. that are unsettling, which I think brings us to the title, the interpretation of the title. Mm -hmm. So title is zone of interest here. My read on it is that um, it's referring to sort of the, the mindset of these people mm-hmm. who are choosing to ignore to ignore or incapable of seeing what's surrounding them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's these moments where the noise starts to seep in the, the fade to white, fade to red, fade to black or cut to mm-hmm. those colors 
No, it's a fade. You're not wrong. Yeah. They're all fades. Fade ins and then the red intensifies. Yes. I mean, that could theoretically symbolize like looking through your own eyelids, mm-hmm. right? Closing your eyes and actually hearing something. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I, I think that's, I think that's what I think the title means mm. is that, um, this is where they live. They live in a zone of interest. They're so entirely, um, focused on their own existence mm-hmm. that they are ignorant of everything that happens around them. Mm-hmm. Cause how else? Cause I, I don't think that the, and I, we should have looked this up. I'm not sure that there was actually a house that was adjacent as they've depicted it. I think that might be metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Uh, a house like sharing a wall with the camp. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find that unlikely, but mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that it's true. And I, I, I'm remiss for not knowing. Well, my connection before I even saw this movie, and certainly a connection, and now that I have seen it, is to the book The Boy in the Straight Pajamas that you and I were talking about, which you haven't read. But in that book, there is also a house next to the wall close enough. Maybe not like this, where like the garden wall is the wall of the camp, but certainly a wall that is within easily sight and walking distance of a, a commandant's house. Right. So. I've actually read an excerpt. Uh, I've got a book that I use at school. There's an excerpt by this Rudolf Hose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's a transcript from his um, deposition or whatever at mm-hmm. Nuremberg mm-hmm. where he was tried and eventually hanged for and war defended crimes. Himself and defended actions. himself in his actions. And he was like, but I don't remember anything about that being specifically mentioned. He was mm-hmm. just talking about how proud he was of the efficiency of the whole situation mm-hmm. and how they solved problems that arose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just a vile and reprehensible individual. Mm-hmm. You don't see it that way? I see him as a cog in a much larger... I'm, I'm not saying Nazis Nazis are bad. Like, they're they're bad. I'm not... I just see him as a cog in a much larger wheel. And I don't think, I think as soon as a group of humans takes away the humanity of another group, it is very easy for that group that still thinks that they are the humans to treat other humans with terrible intent. Hannah Arendt said something and I'm paraphrasing. I I read this quote earlier that like all, all, you need to be able to commit these acts of atrocity is to not see the action. Like mm-hmm. if you can approve an action without actually seeing the horror that takes place, mm-hmm. people can justify and rationalize what they're doing. Yeah. And the fact that the wall. There were people doing the actions in the war too, Nazis. That of were, course there were on like, the other side of the wall, yeah. but I'm, I'm saying, I'm suggesting that like these were people who had the power to do something else if they so chose, they did not so choose. Mm-hmm. And the wall they put up, is physically blocking them from seeing it, which is why they can they can live with it, even though they're hearing it. Mm. But like, is is hearing it metaphorical, or are they literally hearing it? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that like all you need to do is just not be able to see it to be able mm-hmm. to rationalize, mm-hmm. allow something to continue to happen, mm-hmm. is what what Arndt said, and I think that's a pretty interesting, um, a pretty interesting read on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So. Where are we? Well, uh, well, we don't have a ton of time left in this segment, but why why could it win Best Picture if you were to... Timely much? Yeah. Like, it's pretty friggin' timely, both from an anti-Semitic, like, point of view, like a, like a you know, like the anti-Semitism that currently exists in our society, and from a wars that are happening all over the world point of view. So, I don't think it's going to win. But if it was going to win, that would be why. Okay. What do you think? 
Um, I think that it has artistic merit, like mm -hmm. as a piece of art. It's not an entertainment mm -mm. by any stretch of the imagination. I think it would be an interesting read. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of sound design, in terms of the still cameras, apparently Jonathan Glazer set up a, a series of still cameras and, just, and filmed everything with natural light. Mm -hmm. And the actors never knew when they were going to be in close-up or at a distance, and they, they didn't even know like where some of the cameras were. Mm -hmm. And they were just instructed to go about their day on the set that they'd built. Um, the thermal camera mm -hmm. thing was an interesting way to do things. And I don't want to spoil that, although we spoiled a lot of the movie. But there is a little glimmer of hope mm -hmm. that gets sprinkled in here. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose that Hedwig's mother not being able to tolerate what was happening yeah. is a glimmer of humanity. What do you think was in that note? Oh, I'm sure it was a condemnation of what they're doing. Like, yeah. I, I can't be here. Um, I, how are you raising your kids here? Something mm -hmm. like that. Something that pissed... Hedwig off, mm -hmm. right? She wasn't sad that her mother was gone. She no. was angry that the note contained what it contained. And then she lashes out at the servants. Yes. Um, in a, like, you know, such a cruel way mm -hmm. that um, I, th I think that's my only conclusion. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, I have other reasons, but I can't get into them with the time that remains. Oh, Perhaps right. we can take a quick break. Quick and I'll break. Go, and we'll I'll come go right fast. Back. Okay. I do. Oh. I have uh, a few more. And as I said, it's, I think it, the, of all the films that we've seen to this point, mm -hmm. this is the one that is most intent on being a piece of art. Mm -hmm. um, and it has... Oh, I don't know. Poor Things is pretty friggin' intent on being a piece of art. Right. I think, though, that Poor Things doesn't have a serious message at its core. I don't know what the hell Poor Things... I don't know what Lanthimos... I think he's just trying to show off how clever he is. Okay. I think this film has something to say. Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time pinning down what it is. Um, and I sound like a serious as a heart attack right now. But <laughs> the movie, the movie is not one that we can discuss really lightheartedly. And I think that like, we have to be careful about how we approach certain topics. Holocaust movies. Well, I have a question about that later on. Okay. Okay. But anyways, I, I think that there's a, a, a larger message. I think it evokes a response in the viewer. Mm -hmm. I, I personally was revulsed. Um, I was horrified. I mm -hmm. found it the, like, an overwhelming sense of dread. Mm -hmm. um, I busied myself by eating popcorn at one point just mm -hmm. to like have a break mm -hmm. from the intensity of what was happening on screen, even though it's not like. Um, what is wrong with me? <laughs> like this, you didn't get there. No, I mean, yeah. like I had like the dread and the like. This is terrible, but it wasn't anything I didn't already know that was happening. Yeah, there was a whole civilization of people that acted like this for seven years. Yeah. Longer. Longer. Right? Like, I just was like... 12. Yeah, this is this is what happened. And it could happen again. Don't yeah. delude yourself into thinking it couldn't yeah. happen again. All it takes is the right could dog whistle leader. Today. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I think there's a larger message about... I wrote it down here. How evil lurks. Um, how all we need is to not see horror directly to be able to permit it to thrive. And then there's a broader application there. Mm -hmm. um, there's a climate change connection there's a um, you know racism and white supremacy in our society connection mm -hmm. there's a you know any anything that's hate based mm -hmm. there's a connection so it's easy to it's easy to look the other way on global poverty when we don't see it mm -hmm. in our own backyard yeah do you know what i mean do you think at the end of the movie i'm just thinking sorry i'm this is tangent but do you think he's looking at us when i he, do yeah i do yeah. i did and i think that i didn't get that and i think that that was i got a chill mm. 
Just now? I, yes, oh. because I think that that's Glazer having us meet him eye to eye mm -hmm. and reconcile the fact that we're consuming an entertainment about this, mm. right? Mm -hmm. That that um, that we're not different. Mm -hmm. And the, the jump cut to present day where like they're preparing the museum at Auschwitz so that people can come in and take pictures and, you know, wow, look at that pile of shoes and look at this, uh, you know, all these baby clothes and, mm -hmm. and all these like horrifying images. Like the fact that it's commemorated, like it needs to be remembered, mm -hmm. but like how dare we profit from it in any way like i know that that museum does not run to make money for anybody mm -hmm. it, run, it runs to like um for 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 philanthropic reasons and that money goes to meaningful places mm -hmm. um but i did think that there was something very pointed mm -hmm. about that stare down the camera lens mm -hmm. and then he descends into the darkness mm -hmm. and i just um like i was rattled by it mm. i was truly rattled by it and i don't i don't know how else to describe it so i think that another reason it could win is because it would go in the pantheon of holocaust films that have um one best picture mm -hmm. or one you know one awards i think of schindler's list mm -hmm. although schindler's list takes us to the other side of the wall um and spielberg brought us right into the chambers and life is beautiful but life is beautiful. it didn't win best picture life is beautiful did not win best picture no, uh, the other one i was going to suggest was the pianist with um, Adrian Brody, it's directed by Roman Polanski. Directed by Roman Polanski. Did not know that. Ooh, Roman Polanski, problematic. Yeah. Um, okay, why wouldn't then, it win? And I, the Gray Zone is another right. really grim one. It didn't win anything, but it's a right. very, it's a powerful. Liam Neeson. Uh, no. Oh. David Arquette, Mira Savino. Oh. Uh, Harvey Keitel. Okay. It's, it's strange. Okay. Um, and I think it's worthy of study, is like in terms of filmmaking. Why? Why it probably won't win? It's it's slow pace. Mm -hmm. Um, it's grim without having any sort of uh, release. Mm -hmm. Like it is just sort of atonal mm -hmm. or, or, you know, one place, just one monotone, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, the fact that it's a foreign language feature, yeah. I know that you don't, I, I just still think that's, that's a demerit. Mm -hmm. Um, it is. it's an English speaking director directing actors in German, mm -hmm. which, you know, is an interesting achievement. And I'd say it's rare for something that's horror based to win. The only yes. other example I can think of is the silence of the lambs, which mm -hmm. we already raised as a point. So I, I don't, it's worth, it's worthy of winning awards. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it unseating any of the other nominees. It'll win foreign language. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but we haven't seen anatomy of a fall yet. I suspect it will still win. I don't, without seeing anatomy of a fall, I can tell you this is going to win foreign language over anatomy of a fall. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is interesting. It'll be recognized. Hedwig, our actress in this, what's her name? Sandra Huller. She's nominated for Best Actress, but not for this film. Yeah. For Anatomy of the Fall instead. Which, well, like, it's what a, a year for her. A showier performance. Unbelievable. But this was this was one hell of a performance, too. Well, this is it. I think if she wins, it'll be based on both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. questions. Questions. Less than five minutes left. How did you respond to the pace of the film? I wasn't bored. No. I was never bored. I think without, like I said, without the horror elements in the background, it would have been a very boring movie, but, like, just like a snapshot of everyday life. Like it wasn't, like I wasn't bored by it at all. There's a lot of detail to take you. Yes. I found. So even yes. though the, the shots lingered. Well, and you're always kind of wondering, like I found it engaging because you're like, are they going, like there's a lot of questions in my head. Are they going to show us in the camp? What's going on with this servant? Why is she staring off into space? Like there's a lot of that kind of detail where mm -hmm. you, you're left wondering about one of the six people in a shot. Yeah. Um, 
then my next question deals with that what I, I've already discussed is mm -hmm. what, what did you, did you have a different read on what the jump to the future or present meant? No, I don't know, honey. This is where I feel dumb when I'm watching movies. Like I just, just go along with them. I don't... It didn't mean nothing. That's the thing, right? Like yeah. it had to, it had to mean something. Yeah. So why, why show us? I'm being colored by the review that I read online before we saw it, which was the, the, the author of that, who I'm not even sure where I read it, to be honest. Martin Amos. Okay. Said, uh, like it, I spoiled this movie for myself, dear listeners, because I can't handle going into a movie that I might struggle with without knowing mm -hmm. if there's something in it that's going to bother me. Um, uh, they, he said that like it, like, but why, 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 like, so you're sweeping it, you're cleaning it, but why, like, it does, is that, is that making it meaningful now? Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Can't really answer that question. Um, Huller's performance is a great evil female performance. Yep. Can you think of anything that matches it for, for a woman to be heavy like this? Tar's pretty close. Really? Yeah. She was letting people die. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. She was being so mean. They killed themselves. Yeah. So maybe her would be a close, a second, not a close second, but a second. Like I can't think of it. I can't no. think of another female performance no. that's this serious yeah and it's really a two-hander like she is she is the co-lead of this film oh yeah um but i can't think of another example of no one personally. me neither i think that would be an interesting little experiment would you spend some more time thinking about that and trying to come up with a short list mm -hmm. which i didn't do spot, <laughs> which i probably should have done that's okay but i can't think of one um are we glad to have seen this in a theater would Probably. you prefer to see it at home? No, no, uh, no, I don't think so. With our setup, maybe. Yeah. We've got the surround sound, the big screen and everything. But like, no, I think this is one that it is good that we saw it on a big screen. I think it's much more effective. Yeah. The, it's the big sound, right? It's the difference that the big sound brings. Yeah. We were eight people, I think, in the theater. Yeah. And four of them were in our row. Yeah. Um, did you see this as being literal or a metaphor for something? Like, was it about... Auschwitz and the camp, or is Auschwitz and the camp a metaphor for something that's more mm. present about can it ignoring be both? evil? I, I think it no, can be. No, I think be, it's but... both. Absolutely. No, it's about what's happening there, but he wants us to make the connection to what's happening now. Yeah. Okay. Mic drop. <laughs> my last question is my first question. Uh, is this a horror movie? No, I still say no. no. No? Even though horrible things are happening and it's horrific. I think I, just, I cannot categorize it in any other way. Okay. I'm it's, not it's not, it's not a historical drama. It's like a historical horror movie. Okay. To me, I just, uh, to I, me, I disagree. We're, we're boxing. Okay. I like boxing. Okay. Horror to me has to involve some sort of like visual, like horror is a silly, it's a silly, um, genre. Right. It's not a real genre. It's like a silly, stupid, like So this stands guts. alone. This is genreless. It's it's not genreless, but we need to come up with a better name for it. All right. All right. Awesome. That's it for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Grim and depressing. Yeah. Oppenheimer next. We're moving on to the nuclear bomb. See you soon. Bye for now.